Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, Josh and Kaylee whisk us away to the charming city of Parma, where the aroma of fine cheeses and cured meats fills the air. Join them as they savor the city's renowned culinary delights, navigate its unique cultural quirks, and ponder the alluring question, would they expat that? Hey, expats and travelers alike, welcome back to the Expats Everywhere podcast. Expats Everywhere presents Let's Move to Portugal. This is our special edition where we're talking about our road trip through Italy, end of 2023, beginning of 2024. Let's get into it. We're talking about Parma today. Yes. So third city on the list through our little tour and Parma. Wow. Parma is more than meets the eye, I think. It is. And it's funny you use the word meat. <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. Okay. So just to give you a quick rundown of what we're doing here, listener, this is a podcast episode where we are traveling, we're outside of Portugal, but we're going to try to draw some comparisons to the places that we go because we know that when you live in Europe, you have opportunities to travel Europe. And maybe some of the places that we visit will be places that you want to go. Parma, highly recommend it. At the end, we will talk about whether we would live in Parma or not, whether we would trade Portugal at some point for Parma. And then we also try to make comparisons to the cities we're in if there's anything comparable in Portugal to give you an idea of what it's like. Yeah. So, uh, Parma, so more than meets the eye. eye. More than meets the eye. Yeah, little transformers, a little ode to the meat there. No, I, the didn't, ham, I the did Parma not ham. do that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, Parma is famous for Parmesan cheese. Yes. And? 
The and ham, the, the ham. Parma ham. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It's really good, yeah. So two things that they do uh, culinarily there, at least with the, the ham and the cheese, is um, they like to age it, and they're proud of how long they age it. So you can get cheeses that are 14, 18, 24, 28, 30 months. 36, I mean, I don't know. You saw 36? Yeah. I didn't uh-huh. see a 36. And obviously the price goes up with the longer uh, aging, but also the um, the nuttiness, the punchiness, the the strong flavors really start to happen the older it is. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much what they say when you ask them. The difference is it obviously it gets a stronger flavor as it's aged longer, but uh, it's good. I like that. I mean, some people don't really like the really punchy type cheese, yeah. but so if you you would want to go with the you know lower version. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, and it's cheaper, so there you go. Cheaper, yeah, but um, but if you like a, a unique type of cheese, yeah, go with the older one. It's it's cool. So I think Americans think of Parmesan cheese as the, the powdery kind <laughs> that of that craft right? green yeah. container. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's obvious. They have that, and that is Parmesan cheese, and they do give you that at meals. You get a. Bowl they don't give you craft. No, no. But yes, they, they give, give you, you the a powder bowl of like yes. the powder type. Parmesan cheese that we're thinking of. Yeah. But there's so much more to it than that. These huge wheels of cheese that you just kind of chisel off. Yeah. They chunk, they chunk out, right? They Yeah, and you you eat it by itself. That's right. Right. You don't have to necessarily you have can. it on something. Yeah. You can, or you have mm. it with like a little cracker or something, but you it's so good that you eat it, you can eat it by itself. Yeah, totally. Uh as an aperitif, I guess, before before dinner. Some people ordered cheese for dessert. Yeah, you know, they don't have a sweet the tooth, so they order cheese for dessert. And then the ham, um, Sia really likes the ham. It's interesting actually, because listener, if you if you heard our series on Spain, which mm-hmm. we did at the end of season one, so, uh, similar to this, I think we talked a lot about how Sia was just eating the pr- prosciutto there, right? I mean, like the yeah. ham there. Yeah. Loved it. It's the same here. The jamón serrano and the jamón ibérico. Yes, and we have that in Portugal. And if you don't know who Sia is, Sia is our three-year-old daughter. Yes. So it's, it is it is a little strange that our kid likes. So much of it. And so and much so that we, we go and we buy it at the grocery store to have yes. it like in the hotel room. But mm-hmm. it's weird because she doesn't like it like in Portugal the same way. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I don't know if it's maybe the brands we've gotten or something. It's just not as good, but... In Spain and in Italy, she has just been crushing the ham, and she doesn't do that in in uh, Portugal. Makes it easy for us, though. It's super easy to go pick it up at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Have it <laughs> walking around. Seems a little weird, but, but okay. I guess it's a lot about food. Well, talking about walking around. So Parma in itself is a very, very, very walkable town, city. I mean, it's wow. a city, right? It's uh, th- uh, 200,000 people or so. But the downtown kind of historic area is extremely walkable. Yeah, There's a lot of pedestrian-only um, streets. It's flat. Mm-hmm. The sidewalks are good. I did notice, too, that a lot of people ride bikes to get places, mm-hmm. not like leisurely riding or riding for exercise. But it seemed like a big bike culture, too, which you know a lot of Italy is, but this more so, um, people getting getting around by bike. So there's mm-hmm. that too as an option, but it's flat. That's what's easy about it. Yeah. Also big dog culture. Um, a lot of people have dogs, walk their dogs, take their dogs to parks. And if you listen to our first two episodes, we talked about 
how much uh, dog droppings, doggy droppings there <laughs> doggy were. Doggy droppings. Parma didn't have that. Right. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. So maybe. A I mean, it more. wasn't that bad. I don't think I saw. Well, I think there was a little bit, but it wasn't that bad. Like, okay. yeah. Portugal, on the other hand, is bad. Like most places that we travel, um, people just don't just clean don't up, after, pick their up dog. after their dogs. That's the biggest thing. And then it, it kind of leaves it to the um, the street cleaners, right, to clean up. Right. But, I mean, they could they could sweep the streets, and then five minutes later, an owner lets their dog go to town. <laughs> Do its thing. But, yeah, that was not as evident. So I think when we started talking, I said that uh, Parma is more than meets the eye, and I was not joking. But I think you could stick to the little, like, downtown area and think that that's all it is and think, yeah. oh, it's cute, it's quaint. But – you have to walk and get outside of that yes. area and see it's been more livable, but like it's still really well connected and very different. It's a good clash of old meets new. Yeah. Our first 24 hours, actually, we thought that we thought that what we saw was what Parma was. Yeah. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, we arrive on the train station. Our hotel is is really just outside of the train station. You exit the train station. It's to the left. It's um, a Novotel. Um very good location, proximity to the train station. And then you've got a couple of streets that kind of run north-south through the city, like heading towards the train station or away from the train station, depending on your... How many times are you going to say train station? I don't know. <laughs> a few more, I think. Sounds like a lot. No, actually, I won't. Um, so you head down these streets, and it feels like very much like this is what you're supposed to see. There's a, a massive... I don't know, like, what would you, like a museum complex? Yeah, it's yeah. Like a, a historical area that's, um, yeah, there, there are museums and such there. Then on the other Look side old. of it, you've got the river. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, okay, this is Parma. And then the other side of the river, it has similar buildings and very kind of straight, kind of gridded out streets. But then once you dig back into the city a bit and you start working on some of the roads that are perpendicular, you're like, whoa, there's like way more to this city than I thought there was. And there was a ton of commerce, which caught me off guard. Yeah. So, lots of big shops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of shopping, a lot of shopping. So that was where the more modern part was. Mm. The modern shops, but more modern buildings uh, felt very... Very interesting because it was uh, like, yeah, again, like the old meets new. And they did a really good job of that. Yeah, super pretty. Um, it felt like all of the, the storefronts were special. Mm -hmm. You know, like there was something special going on. You know, we did our homework and researched uh, a good coffee shop. And then we noticed across the street they had bagels. So Caitlin uh -huh. was like, so I'm going to have a bagel for yeah. So we had to hit that up. Um, one thing, one thing, I, th I think you're going to say it, the bathroom situation. Yeah, it's weird. I, I had a feeling you were going to touch on that because we ran into this problem, um, in Genoa as well. Mm -hmm. Did uh, you want to explain? Turin. I think it was in Turin. Was it Turin? I think yeah. all of them. Yeah. So pretty much you're, you're at a, a shop, a restaurant, restaurant. or cafe. Uh, let's say a food yeah. and beverage location. Right. Yeah. I guess not shop like clothing but yes at a cafe restaurant anything like that and they can vary in size whether it's you know small generally small medium um the bathroom's not in the actual shop they show you where to go they don't have it they don't have sometimes a, they don't even have they don't even have a bathroom like um, you say excuse me where's the bathroom they're like 
They shrug like, their no, shoulders and like, yeah, one. we don't have one. Which, I mean, obviously, I don't know the laws of Italy, but I right. think in the U.S., like, if you have it's something code, like that, believe, so, yeah, you have yeah. to have it. Mm-hmm. But um, which it should be like you're you're serving you're food. giving people food and beverage. Yeah, what goes in <laughs> must come out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so some of them though will be like, okay, and they give you like directions um, to some very obscure place. But the problem is, it's kind of like an outdoor. It's like a little outdoor bathroom um, built in, but it's always the squatty potty. Yeah. Um, that's not, what we encounter. Not an issue for me. Well, massive issue, issue for Sia. Sia. Issue. For She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh, we need to find a place where she can sit. Not well, the one here in Parma. She's like, I'll hold it. Yeah, he's like, I she's can like, hold I'll it. I'll wait. Yeah. Um, so, so we're funny. like, okay. But on the other hand, they also have those like bathroom pods. Yes. That are similar for those of you who are in Porto and you know Covello. There's these uh, Covello Park. Yeah, the park. There's these pods and they're self cleaning, which is really nice. So. Uh, after every use, it locks for, you know, 30 seconds and then it sprays everything down. So they had a couple of those around the city and in the one park that was across the river, too. Um, that was a nice park. And some are paying and some are not paying. So yeah, I think that the one that I used when we were in Parma was free. But yeah. there was also one I used in Turin that was like... 50 cents. Was it 50 cents? Or 20 yeah, or something. 20 cents maybe. Yeah, I thought it would be like... Whatever it was, it was very reasonable. It was like, oh, okay. They just want you to pay something. Yeah, that was in and, Turin. Yeah. And it's maximum use of 15 minutes. Yeah, there's so, a clock going there. So. <laughs> so homeless people can't post up there. Yeah. So I assume get, that's why. Do your biz. Yeah, then it, it'd, it'd actually be a, open. Yeah. So be, be a, oh, it'd be, yeah, it would be a great place for a homeless person like if it's cold or rainy cold, or rainy. or something. Mm. Um, but and you got a toilet there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the, this one, um, that we did at the park, like it was nice cause it was near the playground area for the kids, mm. but everything is like hands free. So you, you touch, you know, like you just kind of like contactless to get in and door closes. Yeah, you wave your hand across the sensor. Right. And then the same up. thing to get the toilet paper. Um, and then I thought what was interesting with you that got one. two squares. No, they give you three goes at the toilet paper and then that's it. It comes out more than just like one little square, oh. but it, it won't let you just use a bunch of toilet paper. Um, yeah. And then everything with washing your hands and stuff. And then. All right. This is unscripted. I got to ask Kaylee this question. Uh, <laughs> at the sink. What about it? What, what, was there a difference between the soap and the water? Because like at all the ones I've used, it's the same. Like it tells you to wave your hand. Yeah. Or the soap uh-huh. and the water. Is it soapy water at first and then it turns to regular water? Do you know what I'm talking about? I guess I don't I don't I don't know. I thought it and was And then there's soap. the thing next to it to the right side, which, which is, is to dry, dry your hands. Yeah. Uh, I I thought the soap came out on its own, no? Maybe uh, maybe it's quite diluted soap though. That's why I think it is. Yeah. Probably. That would be my guess. Yeah. I think that's probably what it is. WorldPost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. (laughs) Amazon purchases. Amazon purchases. (laughs) And you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below.
Okay, let's talk about Lusitano Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Anyway, okay, a lot, lot of toilet talk here. <laughs> but yes, so going back to the thing that was weird, some of these, uh, some I guess some cities up in the northern part of Italy, they don't actually have toilets in their cafes or restaurants, yep. especially if they're small. But they might have uh, an option that's outdoor, but it might be a squatty potty. Yes. And I guess for those of you who don't know squatty potty, that's just, you know, like a hole on the ground, in the ground. Yes. It ha- it, I mean, it ha- it's an it, actual it's, like porcelain there, but like you have to squat. To right. There's a, a like a, a porcelain plate. Uh-huh. That is rid like has ridges for the feet, so you don't slip. They're awful. They're they never drain. clean. They're gross. It's not. It's not nice uh, for a lady. So, I optically, it's definitely not nice. Like it's not nice to look at when you step into a bathroom like that, especially being a like a North American. Yeah, uh, you're like, what is this? But it's common it's in impossible. Asia, common in Europe. Yeah, older places in Europe. It's impossible mm-hmm. though with a kid. I mean, because you, yeah. You can imagine squatting okay. and dealing with that, but uh, impossible with a, a Western girl. kid, a little girl. I guess, sure. yeah. You well, think? I mean, I think I think like when when we used to teach in Asia, um, you know, Asians are, are used, are used to, to the squat. Yeah, I guess because then you know, Western kids never do that. So it's anyway. So that was something that was interesting, but not specific to Parma. Um, but it's been specific to Italy, or at least in the northern part where we've traveled. Yes, yes, this is true. So the city, actually, talking about kids, has a lot of activities for kids and families. Um, it seemed like because the culture there, there's a lot of culture in like culture and art and history and that type of thing. Um, they really kind of play into that and they have facilities uh, for families and for kids, which is phenomenal. Yeah, and I think that if you looked around, it looked like a good mix of um, people who live there, locals and tourists. So it's interesting because we were chatting about how it felt a bit like a hidden gem in the sense that it's probably not a top tourist destination because, you know, there's no beach or anything like that. 
But there seem to be a lot of tourists there, you know, a good amount of tourists for the time of year. So it might be a spot that that people do vacation to, uh, maybe more in the winter because you, you don't need a beach then anyway. Yeah, you do hear though, at least or see on a lot of blogs where people say that Parma is great for a day trip, like a day trip from Bologna or a day trip from Milan. I think the issue with that is I think Parma is more than just a day trip. Yeah. I think spending a night or two there is just fine like to, to take it in because what I found is Parma felt more Italian than any place we've been to since we've been back to Europe and back to Italy. So like we've had trips to Milan, we've had trips to Rome, um, now Turin. Genoa. Genoa. Yeah. So I, I know I'm missing something in there, but um, it just it's felt the most kind of like traditional Italian. What I remember from when I was studying in university and I did a summer abroad in Tuscany and spent most of my time like in the smaller Italian towns, villages, Montepulciano, Quinciano, Siena. Siena's a city, but it felt Italian. Like yeah. it felt very, and I don't mean like, I don't mean like homogenous with people because there's cultural, there's a uh, ethnic diversity in Parma, yeah. but like the culture there with the restaurants and kind of the rhythm of life and the architecture, it felt much more Italian, old European Italian than what, uh, what some of the other cities feel like, because maybe they're just a little more multicultural metropolitan. Yeah. Like if you compare to a Milan, for example, you're going to get yeah. a lot, it's a, obviously a much bigger city. So you get just more of a melting pot of cultures and nationalities that come in and it just changes things with the architecture and the size and how things are done with restaurants. So, so it feels just like a city, like a big city. Yeah. So if you wanted to get more into like feeling like you're in a, an Italian town or city, then yeah. Parma is a bit more of that. Yeah. And it's not like those are soulless cities. No. They're still Italian, but Parma felt more Italian. Yeah. yeah. Visually. And then just like the, you're right, culinarily, uh, it, it felt quite Italian, which was nice. I mean, the yeah. food was, for the size of it, they had so many options. They did. And, I mean, the food, they got it going on there. We didn't have a bad meal. Mm-mm. No. And I we mean, had we haven't diverse. really had bad meals on this trip. Yeah. But, like, we, we definitely did not have a bad meal there. Uh, okay. So, like I said earlier, around 200,000 people there. Uh, the immigration levels are higher than the national average. But it didn't necessarily feel like um, – like there was an unbalance, maybe that's the right. what I'm looking for. I agree. I like it seemed, it, it, it seemed balanced. like quite normal levels of immigration. You know, for example, in Porto, I've noticed a lot more foreigners from all over the world in Porto that appear to be residents as opposed to just tourists traveling, passing through. Mm. Uh, you feel that way? No. Um, like here lately. There's a lot of tourists. Uh, no, no, no. I mean here lately. Like it's, the, it's the, getting the foreigners more. that are there seem to be. Like there, there seems now. to be an uptick of foreigners that are residents versus. But same like, in residents. in Parma, the foreigners that that's are there appear to be they live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not that, not for tourism. The that, Italians seem to be the tourists there. That's the parallel I'm trying to draw. Okay. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. 
I would say that you felt a little more, little more of the ethnicity um, by the train station between kind of like you're talking about at the train station and then you head into the city, like you head south a couple of the main roads into a bit more of like the old city. Mm. I would say right from the train station and before you get to the old city, which is not that far of a walk. It's just, like, you know, a couple blocks. But mm. that's where it seemed to be a bit more ethnic with like some of the restaurants and mm. the shops there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they were – that's where you got a bit more ethnic. But then I think when you head further south – Closer to where that like large commerce street is with like the H and M and stuff like that, um, you get a little less of that. Yes, that's concentrated in the one spot there. Yeah, I know what I, you mean. Like, happens, like right? there was there was a halal butcher. Mm -hmm. um, what else was nearby there? The different um, restaurants that were restaurants, there. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. some of the shops and yeah, uh, uh, there was some Asian restaurants like Chinese, Japanese. Yeah, so that part seemed to be yeah. more of the ethnic area, which again, that's that's common in, in cities to have that, right? It tends to be concentrated in one area. I mean, obviously, you've got like bigger places like Little Italy, Little Italy in you know the U.S. and a lot of cities are like Chinatown, which you know all over. Those are like generally larger than this section For was, sure. but this is kind of you can see it was kind of concentrated there, especially when you kept walking compared to the rest of the city. But um, but yeah, Parma. Safety ratings in Parma were were good. Yeah, like, I mean on Numio, Numbio, Numio, Numbio. So it's all like aggregated from uh, from user experience. Yeah, it felt safe. It felt very safe. Yeah, yeah. It felt very safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people will seem to be quite friendly. Yeah, and we were <laughs> we we were at a kids park, like a kids playground, and uh, there was I think for the holidays this guy was set up, this old man was set up like running a train, like a kid's train, you know, just kind of does a, a very small lap in about 45 seconds to a minute, whatever it is. Ah. Kids love it. It was longer. It was, it was at least a minute. <laughs> and, um, and I was fiddling around with the stroller wheels because the stroller's been having a, a nightmare, yeah. like getting gunked up and the wheel's not turning. So the guy walks over and he's like, kind of like looking over my shoulder almost like to see if I needed any help. Cause you know, he's got the tools and, and the and oil. The you oil. Should have, I should have gotten he, him to Cause he was oiling out. like the tracks uh, at one point. And I was thinking, Oh man, we need some of that in the, in the wheel yeah. should have. Um, but he was, yeah, he was definitely like ready to help. Uh, yeah. I should have let him do it because it, it, Josh fixed it for a little bit, but then it's yeah. back to being kind of gunky. It's just hard to push. It doesn't roll very well. But seeing, yes. seeing the way he interacted with Valencia, you know, when she started riding on the train, it was very sweet. Yeah. Out of the head, the other kids, the back. He was chatting with other parents who were, yeah. uh, you know, waiting for while their kids were on the train. So, yeah, really, really nice. And the servers and everything, everyone has, mm -hmm. has been really nice. And then High English levels of level, English. Yeah, English level has mm. been good as well because, you know, with me, I got nothing. I got a mm. buongiorno. <laughs> And grazie. Uh, I can't say anything else. So, um, yeah, that, you know, I'm like English. And yeah, everyone's been, you know, so far, I've been able to. We haven't run into any yeah. issues. In all the places, That's cool. but even Parma, too, being a little smaller compared to Turin, right? Yes. So, you ready? I think we're there. Kaylee, I got a question for you. Parma. <laughs> what, is, what is it, Josh? Parma. Would you expat that? What does that mean? Yeah, so it just means would you uh, want to live in Parma for, you know, like let's say the medium term, anywhere between, I don't know, a year up to five years. So this might not surprise you. Not settling down you. for the rest of your life. Yeah, not growing roots. Because we don't do that. Um, yeah, this might surprise you, but I would say yes. I would live in Parma. 
after the first day in my mind, um, how like mm-hmm. we hadn't explored enough. And so I was thinking, no, it's too small. There's not that much, you know, not enough for me. But when we explored a bit more, I was like, wow, there is a lot more to it than I thought. More than meets the eye? <laughs> yes, to circle back to that. Um, so I would say yes. Yes, I would. What about you? It doesn't surprise me that you said that because, yes, oh, I would okay. absolutely expat Parma. I was I was really impressed. The only thing is that Parma does not really have a good football team. Oh, I thought you were going to say the other thing is like uh, schooling for SIA. We'd have to consider that. It would probably would be, have to be an a public issue. school. Um, and I don't think issue. we would be there very long, so that might be difficult. The whole Italian, learning Italian. Yeah, yeah. so that could be difficult. Um, I think she could actually pick up Italian quickly, giving her a couple more years um, becoming fluent at Portuguese. I think they're similar enough. Uh, her pattern recognition is actually getting pretty darn good. Well, she's already saying – She's already uh, counting when, when she's, in – Italian. And when she's uh, playing with her toys, she's she'll go scoozy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so true. she's already picked some stuff up. Yeah. Yes, it's crazy. But we'd have to take that into consideration. So I think, yes, I would live in Parma. It might not be my first choice necessarily, but, like, I could do it if we could figure that part out. Yeah, for sure. Parma for the win. Yeah. All right, then. So that's our third city. We had Turin, Genoa, Parma, on to Bologna. Bologna. Yeah. Bologna. <laughs> Oh, don't you give me well <laughs> we'll so, go into that in the next episode. So Bologna mm-hmm. is is where we do get bologna, but it's it's mortadella in in Bologna. Yes. Which and it's delicious. Well mortadella is. Bologna. Did, if, you, it, you if, it, if it smells like plastic and tastes like rubber, <laughs> don't eat it. Josh was reading a blog uh, in preparation to find the best mortadella places and uh someone talked about yeah, bologna. Or even like more. as Americans know bologna. Yeah, it's not very good, but it does. The idea of it comes from Bologna, but it's mortadella. That's the the good quality stuff. Which there is good and bad quality there, right? Absolutely. So, so, so we'll get into that. We in invite you to join us in Bologna. Come back to the next episode, and we'll let you know if we would expat Bologna and how the food is, because obviously they've got a oh, lot it's of the, food going on too. Bolognese, the kitchen and of Italy. Kitchen of Italy. Oh, they don't call it. They don't call it bolognese. They also don't uh, put it with spaghetti. It's with uh, <laughs> tagliatelle. Tagliatelle yeah. and um, it's called ragu. Ragu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, food. Okay. See you next time. Let's get moving. So, listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. 
Well, I have to because they're always changing things, and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 